0: Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. As always, we have in studio our producer, Heather. How are you doing, Heather? Doing pretty good. Keeping warm in the midst of the blizzard that we're having?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's sunny in like 55 degrees. That's why that's it's dark now. <laughs> but um, But it's nice in Seattle.
0: Wednesday, it was sunny yesterday it was kind of cloudy and today the bottom fell out
2: yeah i'm pretty sure like wednesday was six was in the 60s and then yesterday was like in the 40s today and was in
0: today the we 30s, got a blizzard in the 20s
2: yeah
0: if you're new to the show we've taken 64 disney and pixar movies and ranked them in a march madness style bracket and we rank and debate them until we have one true winner You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Versus. On Twitter, at Versus. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and on Google Play. Give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing. We got some news for you guys. Recently, they announced some casting news for the upcoming live-action Lion King remake. Donald Glover has been cast in the role as Simba. I'm not really sure if he's going to be young Simba and adult Simba, but I'm assuming he's at least adult Simba. And James Earl Jones will reprise his role as Mufasa. How do you guys feel about that? Woo! Excited.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Pretty stoked. I don't know who that is. (laughs) Donald Glover? No. Did you ever watch Community?
0: No. Did you ever watch The Martian?
3: No.
1: Um, Wait, yes. Yes, I did.
0: He's the guy who comes up with the idea of how to bring them home. He's the black guy that comes up with how to bring them uh, home.
3: Yeah. yeah. Cool.
0: And he's the star of Atlanta on FX. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he you just did, won yeah. like two Emmys. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, No, he didn't win two Emmys. He won two Golden Globes.
2: Yeah. It's not, yeah.
0: Killing the game. Yes. I'm really interested <laughs> to see who they cast as Scar. Because scar's yeah. gotta bring it i mean james mm-hmm. l jones donald glover they got it scar's gotta bring it he's the third most important he's actually the second most important role
1: what do you think of idris elba
0: i really want idris elba to do it but he was shere khan in the jungle book yeah. he would be perfect okay. but i don't want them to double dip because it, shere khan and scar are kind of the same role yeah. Even though he would be perfect. If they chose Idris Elba, I would not be mad. But, but I don't want people to be like, he did this casting. already.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is familiar.
0: Yeah.
1: He's also fantastic in the TV show Luther.
0: I need to watch Luther. Have you? Seen- oh, it's so good. It's so dark. Have you seen The Wire? No. Oh, God. Go watch The Wire. I can't. I'm finishing Westworld. After you finish Westworld, go watch The Wire, don't you know? <laughs> Sorry, my Midwestern came out. <laughs> you're Midwestern. Yeah. Texas boy. I've been here too long.
2: Been here too long, friendo.
1: For this week's matchups, we have The Nightmare Before Christmas versus Chicken Little, 101 Dalmatians versus Peter Pan, Cinderella versus The Emperor's New Groove, and Dumbo versus Mulan. Are there any of these that you have strong feelings about or are really itching to talk about? Anything you're concerned
0: I still don't know what I'm going to say about 101 Dalmatians versus Peter Pan.
1: Yeah, I was worried about that before I watched them, but now that I've watched them within the last couple days, I I have a pretty set
3: pick.
0: All right, Grace, uh, give us a brief plot summary of The Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: The Nightmare Before Christmas is about Jack Skellington, king of Halloween Town. He accidentally discovers Christmas Town and decides that he's going to create Christmas within Halloween Town and kind of take it away from the Christmas village.
0: Chicken Little is about a little chicken named Chicken Little who's trying to reinvigorate his reputation in his town after everybody thinks he's crazy for saying that the sky is falling when it's really an alien invasion.
1: What were your first impressions for these movies?
0: This is my second time watching Chicken Little. This time it was Mm -hmm. better... Then the first time, because I paid attention a little bit more, it's, it's okay. I wasn't a, I, I don't love this movie, but on a second viewing, it really improved for me. And we've already done a full episode about The Nightmare Before Christmas. I grew up watching this movie. It slowly became one of my favorites. And I think because of you mostly that, uh... I'm really enthused about it now. Mhm. What about you?
1: So this is my first time viewing Chicken Little and I liked it okay. Um I I had no hopes going into it so I was pleasantly surprised. And then of course Nightmare Before Christmas is a family favorite and it's I I rank this very I think I rank this as number 2 in my overall list. I'm not sure that it'll stay that high but it's still it's very important to me. So I have, I have a lot of love for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Let's get into the plot a little bit more. Um, do you want to talk about Chicken Little a little bit?
0: Yeah, the movie starts with him saying that the sky is falling, and then what happens?
2: He says that the sky is falling. He makes a really big deal about it, and um, all of the townspeople are like kind of freaking out in their own animalistic way. They all have like the little quirks of. Of, like, what their animals, like, are known to do when they are scared. Mm -hmm. And it's basically shown that nothing was there. Chicken Little had no proof of the sky falling. And we later Mm -hmm. realize it's because the uh, spaceship, they have, like, a cloaking device kind of thing to uh, mirror what's behind them.
0: And the panel falls and hits him on the head.
2: Yeah, and that's how he thinks. The sky is falling, and then the town goes into a frenzy, and then he doesn't have proof so the town turns on him and his dad is like wow this is super embarrassing you know and then after that it's 1 year later and they're like making a movie about it
0: yeah and then it's him trying to you know improve his image in the town and then he gets hit on the head again and it's kind of like the boy crying wolf he's mm-hmm. actually right this time but again he has no proof it's the movie's about him going off to prove that he's right
2: the panel falls falls on him this time but then he's able to keep it because he sees he sees it like change colors basically and so
1: he's he, able to experiment with it a little yeah,
0: bit he finds yeah. out it's an alien he finds out it's part of an alien ship they go on the ship find out that because
2: they're because their fish friend gets captured
0: yeah and they go to save him they accidentally make off with the son of the aliens that their ship mm-hmm. the ship they were on then to get their son back the aliens make a full-scale invasion and Mm -hmm. you know he's the hero of the movie when they're like oh he's right you know there actually were aliens and then he saves the town
2: and then they redo the movie in the end to make to make chicken little look like this huge hero and stuff like that because he was never wrong so yeah
0: talking about the that the plot in the movie as a whole i told heather this i think the movie peaks emotionally way too early
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: For me, I think they needed a little bit more at the beginning because they just drop in with him, you know, saying the sky is falling. And if they had shown the sky fall, if they shown what he what actually happened to him, I would have been a little bit more invested. And then right after the town doesn't believe him, it shows his dad not believing him, too. And he has that little, you know, that montage of the father and son that should have happened mm-hmm. later in the movie. Like, after the second time his father doesn't believe in him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That
0: would have. Like, the movie was paced differently. Like, all the stuff was there. It was just out of order.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they do have the. Really, the secondary conflict is this conflict between Chicken Little and his dad. And his dad just doesn't believe him and isn't supportive.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and there is that come to terms moment on stage when. The aliens have already attacked. Mm Well, they're, like, actively attacking,
2: I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The aliens are attacking, and the alien kid is hiding, and Chicken Little's trying to talk to the kid, and Chicken Little's dad is like, we need to go. And Chicken Little's like, no, I need you to pay attention and listen to what I'm telling you. Yeah. Um and that happens within the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah.
0: Don't get me wrong, I love the th- the entire third act I think was better than this movie deserved because I'm down with the whole Chicken Little's dad doesn't believe in him and the climax of, or the the shift at the end of the the end of the movie is his dad saying, "Oh, you're right. I love my son. I'm going to support him now." I love that. Uh-huh. It's just getting there. Uh-huh. It didn't have me. Yeah, I'm like oh, this I get to, you get to the end and I'm like oh, this is good. What took so long to get to this being good? Uh-huh. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Let's touch on Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't want to spend too long on it because we did spend a full thirty five minutes talking about it in a previous episode.
0: Go listen to that episode. It's really good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So Nightmare Before Christmas. Jack Skellington is is bored. He's bored with his gig. There are basically half a dozen or maybe a dozen different holiday towns, each responsible for celebrating a holiday for the world that we live in. And Jack has been king of Halloween Town for a hot second, and he's bored. He's looking for something else to do. He decides to take over producing Christmas Town. But none of the Halloween Town folk characters, people, really understand what it means if If you're used to creating something that's terrifying, it's really hard to create something that's cheery, because you don't really have a great concept of what cheery is. Mm -hmm. Tori, you had some comments about the end of the movie that you didn't like.
0: Yeah. See, and on the complete other side, where I loved everything about Chicken Little's ending, I'm not a big fan of the third act of Nightmare Before Christmas, because I feel like Mm -hmm. everything kind of happens a little fast. I can see that. I personally think Oogie Boogie needed a little bit more development as a villain. Like what's his beef with Jack? I understand Jack's going at Oogie Boogie to save Santa Claus, but yep. what is what is Oogie's beef period? Like I I don't even think it goes into what he's going to do to Santa Claus besides mm. just grind him up, I think. And I think the whole yeah. his whole like plot needed a little bit more development because you know with these other disney villains they have motivations whether it's you know wanting to be the fairest one of all or wanting to rule some palace or some kingdom Mm -hmm. if oogie was using santa claus as bait to get to jack because he wanted jack out of the way because maybe oogie boogie wanted to be the king of halloween i'd be on board and then the fact that Jack turns around and is all over Sally at the end. And then the movie's over. It kind of bugs me. And I'm not the biggest fan of the ending. Everything up to Jack getting shot out of the sky, I'm on board for.
1: Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those movies that I just... My emotional ties to this movie outweigh any logical thinking towards Mm -hmm. it. I just love it so much. I will say Oogie Boogie is one of my least favorite parts of this movie. The sequence from when Jack kicks off and starts delivering presents to when he falls in the cemetery. Mm. So that's really like one song.
0: It's just a montage.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't care for that much. And then the song What Have I Done, I love. Mm. I think you're right about... The Sally romance coming out of nowhere for Jack, but it doesn't come out of nowhere for Sally. Yeah, yeah. Sally's been infatuated with Jack for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I say it comes out of nowhere because where Sally has been in love with Jack for this entire hour, 15 minutes, Jack has been ignoring her and, you know, being a, been oblivious the whole time.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the characters for Chicken Little a little
0: bit more. I think they were very good compliments to Chicken Little himself. Chicken Little as a main Mm -hmm. character is fine. He's the, you know, the pariah of the town. But, like, he's self-aware. He knows he's the pariah. He's... But he he still goes through his everyday life. Like, the entire opening sequence is basically his everyday life. You know, bobbing and weaving through people trying to step on him and not notice him. Mm -hmm. And he's very ingenuitive, which... I liked because it it was constant throughout the movie. Yeah. Like it showed that it was a huge part of his character. I liked Runt and um, Fish Out of Water.
1: Yes. And I loved the plan words and the calling other characters from other fairy tales. Yeah, like um, Ugly Duckling. The ugly Duckling. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Does this movie have a villain?
0: No. I think it's like a goofy movie. Not only in that, the central, one, sorry, the B-plot. Is it a B-plot, though? Is the father-son relationship. I've, it's either the main plot or the B-plot, I'm not sure. It, in the same way that is Max and Goofy's relationship the A or B plot. In a Goofy movie, there's Max and Goofy's relationship, and then there's Max trying to get to power line. In this movie, it's Chicken Little trying to prove that he was right and trying to save his reputation and then there's the relationship between him and his dad but no there isn't a villain in this it's just a conflict that needs to be resolved yeah
1: i definitely think that chicken little's relationship with his dad is kind of the sub Mm storyline in this
0: if there is a villain it's foxy loxy who is the worst yes she's the regina george of this universe
2: she goes up and, like, comforts freaking Chicken Little's dad as if, like, she they're, like, besties or something like that. She's like, it's right. okay to Who feel ashamed f- for your kid. It's like, you're a child. Who the Go fuck away. are you?
1: Yeah. Gosh. What do we think about the animation for these two?
0: I still think Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a very good claymation movie. Of course it's been, you know, everything's been approved upon. Anything that is doing is built on the back of Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like looking at Toy Story. Toy Story is mm-hmm. a marvel, but looking at what is being done now, it looks primitive, but that doesn't make it yeah. any less fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that I can still watch Nightmare Before Christmas, and of course, I'm, I'm guessing it's been remastered.
0: Yeah, a couple times. It's been remastered. It's been put in 3D. Yeah. Everything that can be done yeah. to it.
1: Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take me out of it at all. I forget that it's claymation. Mm-hmm. I love it every time. I, I love the style. It's it's so
0: unique. Chicken Little, you can kind of tell that it's starting something new or trying something new. Yeah. It's not as refined as other computer animated movies. It's the second one that Disney's tried.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Dinosaur came out in 2000. This came out in 2005.
1: Well, Dinosaur had those landscapes that were so impressive. Yeah
0: but chicken little doesn't really have that it's you know cgi animals set in a cgi world
3: yeah
0: um a few trivia things uh chicken little was the last movie to feature the uh blue and white disney logo that everybody knows (laughs) It's also the last animated movie to be be released on VHS. And it was the first Disney movie to have Disney 3D. Like, it was the first animated Disney movie to be released in 3D. So that's really cool. It had a lot of... It was a big focal point for the company.
1: That makes sense, because this has a lot of the kind of rounded edges that we associate with 3D Mm -hmm. now.
0: I can't remember if there were any... Like, you know in 3D when there's, like, something coming at the
2: screen? Mm -hmm. I
0: can't remember if there's any of that. Mm.
1: I think there are a couple with the aliens, but I don't think there's anything really aside from that. Yeah,
2: maybe with the beams or something, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, like, the legs. Yeah.
1: Tori, you ranked Chicken Little at 63. I ranked it as 54, having never seen it. Heather ranked this in her Tier 3. And... Tori ranked Nightmare Before Christmas as ninth. I ranked it as 2nd, and Heather didn't rank Nightmare.
3: I didn't? No.
0: I think this is before we changed it, and I don't think we got ratings from Heather on Goofy Movie mm. or Nightmare.
2: Both of them gotcha. would be in Tier 1. Fun fact.
3: <laughs> cool.
1: Do you think this is going to change it all for you?
0: Yes. If you look at our rankings, Chicken Little is the very bottom. It's the 64th seed. Clearly, if you've listened to enough of us, Home on the Range is the worst.
3: So, <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Still Chicken ways. Little may not move up very much, but it's at least not 64th anymore. Mm-hmm. Nightmare is probably going to stay where it is.
1: I have Nightmare Before Christmas tied for second with Wally. Still feel that way? I don't know. I don't think Wally is going to stay that high for me. <laughs> I don't know if I've just seen it too many times or... I, I don't know I, it's, I'm not quite in love with it as I used to be I still love it but I don't think it's going to stay that high Nightmare Before Christmas might but it could also it's tough there's some other things in the top 10 that I think will move around some I think for Chicken Little I rank this as 54 I feel like this will be in the low 50s mm. it might move a little bit but not too much
3: okay
0: what's your pick Grace?
1: Nightmare Before Christmas, obviously.
0: Same. I I don't dislike Chicken Little's plot. What I dislike is the disjointedness of the plot. Everything's there for it to be great. Maybe a little bit more... Maybe if it were better technically. Maybe if the music were more memorable. We didn't even talk about the music at all because the music wasn't memorable. If it had a little bit more of those things, it would be... It may have a... Higher rank, better chance against Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Awesome. Let's move on to 101 Dalmatians versus Peter Pan.
2: Oh, I didn't realize this was so soon.
0: (laughs) Heather loves this movie, so we're going to let her give a brief plot synopsis of Peter Pan.
2: Uh, Peter Pan is about um, some siblings, Wendy, Michael, and John. Not wanting to grow up, and kind of growing up on these uh, stories about uh, Peter Pan, who is a little boy who lives on Neverland, and just so happens Peter Pan is a real person, and he likes to come and listen to Wendy tell stories. Uh, so to help them not grow up, he takes them to Neverland.
1: 101 Dalmatians is about a litter of 15 puppies that's kidnapped by an evil woman named Cruella Deville, and it's about the story of these puppies' parents going on an adventure to try and rescue them.
0: Grace, what were your first impressions of of these movies?
1: I remember really loving both of these. I haven't seen either of them in a long time. I was a big fan of the live-action 101 Dalmatians movie with Glenn Close. I did not like Peter Pan as much as I remembered it. Hmm. I will say... The Peter Pan Disney World ride is the bomb. It is one of the best rides. It's so underrated.
2: The line is always you, so long.
1: It's because it's so good. It's so so good. if you ever go to a Disney theme park, take the time, go to Peter Pan.
2: Wait in that line. It's so worth it.
1: Wait in that line. Go earlier. It's worth it. Absolutely. It's, seriously, my top three are Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Peter Pan. Yeah. It's always so good. It's magical. Mm hmm.
0: These two movies, this time watching, I enjoyed because I was paying more attention. But growing up and everything, I was not a fan. These weren't the movies that I would gravitate to all the time. Mm-hmm. But I this time I enjoyed both of them. I loved the music in One Hundred and One Dalmatians. Me and Heather were watching. Oh and, yeah, and we were just jamming during the first, like the opening credits, however they, however long they are. Uh, and every so time good.
1: there's some great there's some great clarinet. Um, oh yeah. yes. In the opening credits,
0: yes. And every time Roger mm-hmm. would play the piano, we would just jam. Yep. And then Peter so Pan good. was hilarious for reasons that we are about to get into. Let's get to that then. The women, with the exception of Tiger Lily and Peter Pan, are just savages just the entire yeah. time from the start <laughs> starting with Tinkerbell let's talk about the fucks that Tinkerbell does not
2: dude.
1: do dude <laughs> why why is Tinkerbell so bent out of shape just what is like, her damage
2: everybody let's be real everybody wants wants the d specifically yes. from Peter Pan yes only Every, him everybody is in Peter love he's with it it's
0: like with 11 Peter years Pan. old what is what is going on like the mermaids and he's legit Ugh. they said it they were going to drown wendy
2: yeah they are oh, always yes. trying to drown her like <laughs> no big deal oh my god
0: and just every time one of them was shitty to wendy i'm like what the peter pan get your yeah. females what is what is going on what
2: <laughs> he That's just it, okay. yeah he doesn't give a fuck I... about anything i guess i don't know
1: <laughs> at first when you said everyone but Lily, i was i was thinking Lily doesn't say anything in this she's completely passive she
3: doesn't she doesn't but, say anything.
1: yeah compared to the mermaids and tinkerbell
0: who's quite
1: honestly a little cunt she is and she has so many wrong? movies
2: and i don't get it
0: i was thinking about it too tinkerbell is after mickey and donald and goofy i think the next person is tinkerbell
2: it's tinkerbell
0: so yep. who, what pr person was like okay Tinkerbell needs a new image. She was kind of a bitch. Yeah. Let's fix that. Let's make everyone love Tinkerbell again. I want to know. I kind of want to know how people felt about (laughs) Tinkerbell in the what does this come out in the fifties? Yeah, fifty three. I want to know how how people felt.
1: I was, I was really caught off guard at how racist this was, and then I looked back and realized it was made in nineteen fifty three. Yeah. But yeah, especially towards Native Americans.
0: I was talking to Heather about that. I don't know if you can exactly call it racist because like the peace pipe smoking, that's actually a cultural thing.
1: Not no, that's not, not what peace we're talking pipe. About, I'm yeah. I'm talking about redskins oh. and talking about how they got their redskins and there's one part where they referred to them as savages. Yeah. Oh, engines!
2: John. They call them engines.
1: Yeah, it, it's more the racial slurs, and I'm like, "Whoa, yeah. okay, that's a 12 year old using racial slurs." And
2: he thinks it's okay, and it's not. And he thinks it's okay. Mm. Yeah. All the
0: yeah. Uh, all the images that were brought up again with Pocahontas, but it's okay because that's a history lesson, and that actually happened, I guess.
2: Yeah, the the argument or something is that it's good to keep it that way so that we don't repeat what we did it's like to show the times but also yeah. it's pretty fucking insulting no matter what so yeah
0: i mean, should we i don't know if we should just skirt the issue or turn into the scared.
2: we should just not do whatever they were doing we should just be better than they were if you
0: meet a native american be don't call them an engine just don't do that
2: yeah so what about 101 dalmatians
1: I love the network of dogs that help Pongo and Perdita find their puppies. Mm. I think it's such a neat idea and not terribly unrealistic. Like, dogs bark at each other. Why wouldn't they be able to understand each other and communicate? And they also have great hearing. So, yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
1: Pongo and Perdita live in London and they end up going to an area, a farm area outside of London.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And they acquire. 99 puppies because Cruella DeVille has been buying and stealing puppies to make a Dalmatian fur coat or half a dozen Dalmatian fur coats. Let's talk about Jasper and Horace for a second. How twisted is the whole interaction between them and Cruella DeVille and their conversation around the puppies? I was seriously taken aback.
0: I mean, I guess it's a reflection of. Cruella, that she surrounds herself with those kind of henchmen.
1: I I mean more the the way she talked about just take care of them, hit them over the head or drown yeah. them or
2: yeah, the fact that she was really nonchalant about like how they nonchalant could die. <laughs> and
3: yeah.
1: and also specific yeah, because I immediately had imagery in my head and I'm thinking as a six year old that would be really traumatic to think about.
2: I think the kids, like, glaze over it because, like, I I remember watching this as a kid, but I don't remember them talking about, like, actually killing the dogs and stuff like that. I was like, puppies, coats. Okay, let's not do that. I don't, like, I didn't get in my head that they were going to die. (laughs) Grace mentioned
0: that she likes the Glenn Close version that they did, the live action version. I distinctly Mm, remember in that trailer, she quoted that line poison them drown them i
2: remember that, that was in yeah. the
0: trailer like i remember mm-hmm. that oh, and wow. when it happened in the movie my ears perked up it didn't catch me but i guess because of that movie it didn't catch me by surprise the way it did you guys but it is kind of jarring the way she was like i don't give a fuck just get it done get mm-hmm. it done tonight yeah yeah i also like the barking chain because once they got the puppies and were ready to escape it kind of reminded me of the underground railroad and because yes. they just kept moving from place to place. And people were just... they I don't know if they phoned ahead like with the chain and everything. Just people were just... Yeah. People knew. It kind like,
2: of seemed like they did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: People, they just kept showing up from place to place. And they're like, hey, I know the situation. I got something for you. Like when they needed a place to sleep and when the puppies were hungry, the cows gave mm-hmm. them milk and everything. And when they got to that yeah. final spot, the uh, Labrador was like, hey, I got you guys a ride home. We just got to do this.
3: yeah. And I like
0: that, how it was pre-set up for them, and it was no questions asked, we're here to help
1: Mm -hmm. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a feel-good movie. Yeah, it is. is.
1: I was was really happy through all of this movie. Yeah. I was also really stressed for part of it. (laughs) Um, Right? When they were trying to get out of the DeVille property, I was really tense.
0: I wasn't tense because I knew Rolly was going to fuck it up somehow. He was going to (laughs) get stuck or he was going... It was either Rolly or Lucky and both of them... ...fucked it up somehow.
1: Right. What did you think about the animation in both of these?
0: I noticed with 101 Dalmatians, the animation in the city, like at the beginning in Roger's apartment, it reminded me of Oliver and Company, how it wasn't... It was kind of caricature based. When Pongo was looking out of the window with all the dogs that look like their owners and when they went to the park, I thought mm-hmm, all of yeah. these look like they all weren't similar character models. They were all based off of their dogs. And it made them look like caricatures of actual people. Yeah. And I I like that and it kind of made me appreciate Oliver and Company a little bit more.
1: I think this was better than Oliver and Company. I I still think mm. the style of Oliver and Company is a little too simplified. And One Hundred and One Dalmatians was made before, I believe.
0: Yeah, this was in sixty one. Oliver and Company was in, I think yeah. eighty. Yeah, way later.
1: I don't really have any notes for the animation for Peter Pan. I think it's it's pretty on par actually. One hundred and one Dalmatians and Peter Pan have similar styles. They're not terribly different. Yeah,
0: apart from the uh the earlier caricature comment that i made they're pretty similar yes I, they are. I, yeah. I do notice that like the stuff in neverland is kind of different than the stuff in london mostly because it's you know a jungle as opposed to a city
2: a city mm-hmm.
1: both of them do have that kind of watercolor
2: background thing
1: going yes. on though yes
2: mm-hmm. to kind of give you focus on what's important and then like hey there's background mm-hmm. it's there but not important
1: um here's a question what's the tonic that the dog nana gives the kids in peter pan
0: maybe liver oil why i don't know it's i want to say it's a british thing
2: yeah it's just goopy and green and like gross looking and i'm wondering honestly since they take it before bed i'm wondering if it's to make them go to sleep,
1: I was—that's what I was wondering. I like, think
0: they... <laughs> I'm going to be a like, lot less cynical it and me? say it's maybe like liquid vitamins or
3: something.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was my option B, but yeah. option A is still to just make them pass the fuck out because the parents were going to go out of town and they were leaving the three kids by themselves. No, not out of they, town, but they're, they're going to a party.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they're so. high society. They were going to some sort of function.
2: Yeah. Also, the dad's a dick. Yeah. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there <laughs> since we're still kind of sort of on on characters and stuff their dad is just a fucking asshole Yeah, us
0: yeah. talk about characters let's talk about Peter Pan for a second
2: <laughs>
0: uh, Walt Disney thought that this movie was he was dissatisfied with the product despite the movie being wildly successful but people who knew Jay and Barry's work thought it was spot on because okay. Peter Pan is supposed to be kind of like a heartless sociopath and Uh Walt didn't like it because he was so cold, basically. Yeah, Peter's kind of (laughs)
3: crazy.
1: I think it kind of makes sense, though, because you need that lack of a father figure for all of these children who have renounced their adulthood, who who are trying to stay young forever. And seeking a mother figure it kind of makes sense that there isn't a good father figure to kind of back that up mm-hmm.
2: there's also um a theory or, actually no there's a book of uh, peter pan and how he's actually like an angel of death for kids and that's oh. yeah and that's why the kids never grow up is because it's they're all dead. dead yeah and he takes them to neverland which is which is their heaven
0: god that's morbid
2: Yep, that's really boring. That's probably why I really like Peter Pan.
0: <laughs> is it because is it because you're also a heartless <laughs> sociopath, Heather?
1: I mean, duh. <laughs> Man, the heartless <laughs> stare in Tori's eyes right now, guys. I'm I'm a little worried.
2: <laughs> hey, you don't live with him. You're you're pretty far away. I'm so good. <laughs> okay. at it, though. you're safe. <laughs> I'm
1: fine. I do love the music in Peter Pan, oh, it's um, so especially good. "You Can Fly." It's a great song.
2: It's so good. Following the leader will get stuck in your head, though.
0: I think that's why I
2: hate yes. the song,
0: because it's
1: gotten
2: it stuck
0: in my head before, and it doesn't go anywhere.
2: Yeah, nope.
0: I do like the the uh, da, 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 that happens two hundred times in the movie. It's Peter
2: Pan's theme. It happens two hundred
0: times in the movie.
2: He didn't count. He doesn't know for sure if it's two hundred.
0: I do know it's two hundred. It is two hundred. He doesn't know. It is he exactly two hundred. My gosh, Do you see all the instrument that all the instruments that Roger plays?
2: <laughs> I wrote them down for you. I know I did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we counted them. He plays piano in his room. Oh he has a piano. He has a trumpet, a trombone. He has a string bass
2: that gets he- destroyed.
0: Yeah. He probably plays drums at some point.
2: We don't hear him yeah. play drums, but I'm sure I'm, assuming. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I'm yeah. <laughs>
0: but Peter Pan, I didn't know this. Peter Pan was supposed to be made second from the studio it was supposed to be made after snow white oh but things got pushed back and when i remember why it was supposed to be made before bambi because the movies then kind of flopped i believe and after bambi they had money to make more things they had done more crossover stuff, more live-action animation crossover stuff, and those made money. And they were going to put that into Peter Pan. But then World War II happened.
2: Is This, this is before Black Cauldron, though, right?
0: Oh, yeah, way before.
2: Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Trying to get the timeline straight in my head. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's see where we ranked these. Tori ranked Peter Pan at 40th. I ranked it at 21st. Heather ranked this in her tier one, and 101 Dalmatians, Tori ranked at 49th, I ranked it at 19th, and Heather ranked this in her tier three.
2: That's definitely going to move up for me to tier one, because the music was phenomenal, oh my gosh. And I'm such a dog person, like, I think 101 Dalmatians is like the reason why I want five gajillion Dalmatians forever and always like yeah. I just want to like snuggle yeah. with them all even yeah. though apparently they're really vicious I don't care <laughs> I'm just gonna cuddle with all of them so yeah that's gonna move up for me absolutely
1: I think it's interesting that Tori ranked both of these in the 40s and I ranked both of these around 20 <laughs> and he was giving me crap about not voting for classics oh last episode I'm about to
0: give you crap on this next one. Oh, oh man get ready I think I want to vote for 101 Dalmatians.
2: Yes! Yeah. That's what I figured was going to happen. It's <gasps> <Sorry>. fine. <laughs> Both it's of okay. these
0: movies are very, like, t- the stories, they're very succinct. Peter Pan is kind of a, is more, there are more vignettes. It's more uh, section, section, section than a cohesive story than 101 yeah. Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians is... You know, beginning, middle, end. Roger meets Anita. They get married. Pongo and Purdy have puppies. They get kidnapped. They get rescued. Story. And then Peter Pan is kind of very vignette because he fights Captain Hook like three times.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's kind of less of a cohesive story than 101 Dalmatians is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that, yeah, because really, Peter Pan's kind of about like showing Wendy around, showing her all of the bitches that hate her, and then Captain Hook is just kind of like there.
0: <laughs> we didn't get to yeah, the villains yeah. either. Captain mm-hmm. Hook is very inept. <laughs> yes, he should be Absolutely. dead yes. multiple times. He
1: mm-hmm. should be. I I don't really, and I think it's interesting because Smee covers his ass sometimes, but Smee is equally as inept.
0: Yeah. And it counts against him. You can't be dumb and have dumb minions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I am also voting for 101 Dalmatians. I think this is beautiful. I think it's a fun story. It makes me happy. I'm a dog person, and it just makes me happy, and I love the network of dogs helping each other across the country. Cruella DeVille is a scary motherfucker. <laughs> Like, she's
2: got this like no... sharp chin. She's
1: crazy. Yeah. She's batshit. Her driving. Don't so,
2: drive around her. Yeah.
1: And I think unlike some of our other villains, she doesn't have a reason to be. We don't have any background or imp- impetus for her to be as insane as she mm-hmm. is. She just She's just loves obsessed clothes. with fur mm-hmm. and in fashion. Yeah. Yeah,
2: she's crazy. Sorry, Heather. It's okay. I kinda I after watching both of these I kind of knew what y'all were gonna say, but I wanted to see if y'all were actually gonna say it. Yeah, no. I Mm -hmm. I knew one oh one was gonna be Peter Pan. It's okay. Okay.
1: Next up we have Cinderella versus the Emperor's New
0: Groove. The Emperor's New Groove is about Incan Emperor Cusco, who is turned into a llama by his ex advisor Isma in an attempt to take over the throne. He is kidnapped in a plot to kill him and accidentally ends up with a llama herder named Pacha who helps him get back to the palace to stop Yzma from taking his kingdom.
1: Cinderella is about a girl who's become a servant to her stepmother and stepsisters after her father dies and they forbid her from going to the ball to celebrate the prince's homecoming and her fairy godmother shows up and turns her into this beautiful princess. She goes to the ball, loses a glass slipper. The prince has to come find the magical girl that he danced with based on the slipper that she left behind.
0: She loses that slipper a lot. She loses shoes a lot. Right? Yeah. Three
3: times
2: that I can remember. So
1: what were your first impressions for these
2: two movies?
0: I put off watching Cinderella until I was like in junior high because... It was a princess movie. I'm a guy. I don't watch princess movies. But when I watched it, it was pretty good. It's a well-told story. It's short. It's simple. On this viewing, I noticed that there was a lot of time devoted to Lucifer chasing the mice. Yes. And it kind of bored me a little bit. Emperor's New Groove. I have cooled on it a little bit. It's still funny. There are a lot of funny bits. There are a lot of quotable lines i think i quote the emperor's new groove more than the incredibles to tell you the truth really yeah
1: i don't know that we can be friends anymore
0: i threw out the emperor's groove it's it's i think it's funny
1: cinderella is one of my favorite disney princess movies i i really enjoy it i do agree really the whole mouse side story In this version, I don't care for. Like, you could just get rid of the mice altogether. I'd be fine with that.
2: Or at least, like, not have as many, like, Tom and Jerry little antics. Yeah. I
1: just, I don't need it. I'm not interested. Yeah. The Emperor's New Groove, I've seen one other time, and I didn't like it then. And so I went into this, I think I saw the Emperor's New Groove when it came out, and I hadn't seen it since. So I went into this with an open mind, and I figured it out. I still really don't like it. And I've learned that I don't enjoy watching movies where I don't like any of the main characters, and I don't like any of the main characters in *The Emperor's New Groove*. Pacha's fine, but I just don't care, and I hate everyone else. So it.
0: I think Cusco (laughs) is supposed to be unlikable, and he's supposed. Oh no! he
1: he totally is. I just don't want to watch a movie where I don't like. Like it, I have no interest. Yeah. I think mm-hmm.
0: he's supposed to start In... as unlikable, and then you're supposed to like him by the end. But somehow they miss the boat on making him likable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like I don't like Cusco. I don't like Isma. Y- Isma.
2: Yeah. Isma yeah. and Crunk.
1: And I don't like her sidekick either. Hmm. So yeah, I think I think that's kind of where I come down on not liking this movie. Is the story is fine. It's a great adventure. I just hate the characters, and I can't get past mm-hmm. that. Let's talk about the plot of the Emperor's New Groove a little bit.
0: It's pretty simple. Yeah. Kuzco's a dick. So Yzma decides to try and get rid of him because she thinks she should be queen. Or empress. Or like... Whichever. Yeah. Empress. She should Mm -hmm. rule the empire. So she she gets rid of him or tries to get rid of him. I told Heather this is another movie where someone royal is turned into an animal and then supposedly the same royalty is supposed to be killed but that assassination attempt is botched what's another example what's well, twofold the first part where royalty is turned into an animal it's beauty and the beast and princess and the frog okay and then someone the main character is supposed to be killed but that's botched that happens in snow white hercules and the lion king
1: oh, okay
0: yeah beats that we've seen before play out again they're done pretty well it's funny i think it's funny i told heather before the movie even started because i was thinking about the beginning of the movie Cusco is basically deadpool because he breaks the fourth wall he stops the movie he's narrating the entire time i literally just watched deadpool do you disagree
1: i disagree because deadpool's likable is he likable though (laughs) Deadpool's trying not to be likable, but he is a likable character. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I think at least. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Maybe it's just Ryan Reynolds, but no, <laughs> I think I think Deadpool Deadpool is trying to be a bad guy, but really he's kind of rough around the edges doing a good deed. Originally, he's doing good deeds
0: and is just a jerk and he's He's just just a jerk he's a
2: spoiled brat
0: and he doesn't yeah and he doesn't realize it because he's royal and he hasn't been raised any other way
1: exactly yeah yeah deadpool's self-aware
0: too yeah what about cinderella oh cinderella yeah what about the plot of cinderella
1: the plot for cinderella i don't know why the stepmom i've never really understood why the stepmom and stepdaughters are so vile I've seen a lot of versions of Cinderella, and I was surprised at how wretched the stepsisters are in this one. I didn't really remember that, but they're really awful. Yep. And the stepmother isn't quite as awful in this as I have seen in other versions. I think in this version, we see that Cinderella's got a little bit of sass. She kind of throws it in their face at the end of the movie.
2: Only at the end, though.
1: Only at the end. But I feel like there's a moment earlier where she's like, really? But maybe it's in her own scene. It's not with everyone else.
2: Yeah. I know she talks shit, like, with the mice and stuff like that. She's just like, yeah, yeah, she, like, you know, she'll, I'm pretty sure she did call them wretched at some point, you know, basically, like, until the end. I remember talking to Tori about it. I was like, what if one day she just was like, she just told them no, you know, like, before she met the prince, obviously.
1: I always love seeing the transformation process in Cinderella mm-hmm. when the fairy godmother comes and creates the carriage out of the pumpkin and makes her dress it's always it's always really cool to see how that's done mm-hmm. what did you think of the animation for these two
0: I remember liking the jungle animation for the Emperor's new Groove like the uh-huh. environments like the backgrounds and everything were really good. And I remember saying at the beginning that Cusco's face is super expressive. Almost to the point that me and Heather had a long discussion about this. Grace, have you seen Rogue One? Yes. You know how Tarkin's face looked? Yes. He was he was CGI and he wasn't real. Uh Uh-huh. And they tried to make him look real. Yeah. And they pushed it to where like he didn't look human because there are ways that a human face looks. There's a way oh. that a human mouth moves when you talk. Mm-hmm. And he he looked like a cartoon in a human world.
1: You know what's funny is I didn't notice that when I saw Rogue One. Oh, go
0: watch it. Oh. Go watch it. He doesn't. Yeah, I
2: wasn't paying attention go watch to it. it again. Yeah, watch, watch it again.
0: Cusco's <laughs> face. It's, it's good that this is 2D, not 3D. If Cusco's face was as animated as it was in a CG movie, it would look weird. The fact that his face was as animated as it was, 2D, it was perfect. He looked Mm -hmm. like, he looked more human as a cartoon.
1: I think that was done because Pacha's face isn't overly animated like that. Mm -hmm. But I think because we're taking Cusco and turning him into a llama, his features as a human are meant to accentuate...
0: Him as a Llama. His
1: Llama-like character yeah, is six. Like yeah. kind of
2: transfer over and stuff, yeah. I think
0: when he became a Llama, he lost a lot of that.
2: Maybe. Mm, it's it's in the eyebrows for me. It's yeah. mainly in the eyebrows and his, like, eye squints and stuff like that. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of everything that made it for him yeah. in human form and also in Llama. So I, I don't agree with him losing it okay. in Llama. Because I, I saw it in both.
1: For Cinderella... I really thought this looked like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I thought the animation style was Mm -hmm. very, very soft edges. And let's see when they were
0: made. I'll stop you. Cinderella was made and was released in 1950. Alice in Wonderland was in 51. And Walt Disney was trying to decide which one to release first. And I think it was based on the success of something else. Are the reaction of one, one over the other, that he went with Cinderella mm-hmm. first. They were made at the same time, and I agree that the backgrounds look similar.
1: Mm-hmm. The backgrounds look similar, and also there was a specific scene, I don't even remember which one it was, but it had Cinderella in the foreground, and I don't think there were any other characters. It's... And it looked, she even, her shape... And the way she moved looked very similar to Alice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that was the particular thing that I was like, huh, I wonder. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's get into music. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what I want to talk about with the voice casting of uh, Eileen Woods. The music in this is really good. It's better than The Emperor's New Grooves. Mm -hmm. Um, Eileen Woods, uh, she was a big band singer. And she has a, oh. Heather and I were listening to her before we started recording. She has a fantastic yeah. voice. She probably oh, has, so good. I think she has the best voice of any of the Disney princesses. Like just okay. her her voice actress by herself has the best singing voice. Yeah.
1: Did she do the singing and the speaking yes. roles for yes. this? Yes.
0: She did the singing and the speaking.
2: Yeah, she's she's really good. <laughs> That's cool.
0: Yeah, I'll send you some stuff on YouTube.
1: The music throughout this whole movie, not including the songs, is very whimsical and also very the music is very punctuative in parts in that uh, when something's bouncing, the music is bouncing, but you're not necessarily you may or may not hear the bouncing noise. gotcha. Oh, does that okay. make sense mm-hmm. there's There's quite a bit of that in this, but it functions as a real soundtrack, mm-hmm. not as just Sound songs with gaps and songs and gaps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really beautiful.
0: yeah, we talked about uh, how we didn't like the Tom and Jerry slash cat and mouse scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh we may not like them but the music during them was great i think those might have been my favorite musical cues from the movie Uh but i just didn't like the scenes like i wonder how long the movie would be if they took out all of the scenes of lucifer just chasing the mice because there are a lot of them and it kind Mm -hmm. of bogs down the movie a lot yeah the only musical things that i like about in who groove was the chase scene back to the palace with the drums mm-hmm. and the big band score yes that yeah. was fucking great uh-huh. and then a perfect world at the beginning like if you listen to the the soundtrack version of a perfect world and the reprise of the per- of a perfect world a perfect world is the song that they sing at the beginning and the end by the way those scores it's it's all uh i think it's samba it's amazing yeah. okay it's so good like, the, the trumpets are just getting it the entire time, and it just sounds so good. Other mm-hmm. than that, the yeah. score is kind of... Uninspired. I'm not going to say that. It's kind of generic. It's not anything spectacular, but it's not bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: There are only, like, a couple of things that we can remember from it, but other than that, it doesn't leave, a, it doesn't leave an impression.
3: Yeah. mm uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: I will say one thing that bothered me in Cinderella is there are a couple, at least two scenes where there's the appearance of electricity and there shouldn't be electricity in this world. How so? Um, there's the one scene right after her stepfamily rips her clothes off. Mm-hmm. She runs through two different rooms and the rooms light up. And then she goes to the next room, and the next room lights up.
0: Hmm. They have sensor lighting in their rooms to save electricity. Right.
1: <laughs> I could see it being an artistic call-out or something, Yeah. but it's, it's lighting tone. It's natural lighting yeah. tone. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of weird. And then the dance sequence in the ballroom, when she goes before midnight and dances with the prince, mm-hmm. you see kind of the lights go up and then the lights dim down into that kind of soft focus blue and purple. Yeah. I do think that's meant to create this dream state. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, "Mm, are we playing with the lights? Is that, is that not a real thing? (laughs) Also, how are you going to spend that much time with a girl and not know her name? Come
3: on.
2: They spent the whole night.
0: Yeah. She didn't know he was the prince. He didn't yeah. know her name. How
1: are you not going to know that he's the prince?
2: Like, he's dressed all fancy and everything, and she's like, oh, the prince and probably needs you staring
1: or at
0: you. Yeah. yeah. It's like in the... Yeah, they're see, both dumb. I'm thinking they're about bludious. the live-action version. I'm pretty sure she knew he was the prince.
3: No,
1: I didn't see the live-action version.
0: Oh, we'll have to watch that after we watch. And the, the most
1: Seconds recent the version, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she knew. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have you seen Ever After? No, no. That's another fantastic telling of the Cinderella story. It has Drew Barrymore. It was made in maybe like ninety eight or I think something. It was it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Tori, you ranked Cinderella at thirty eighth. I ranked it as fourth. Wow.
0: What the hell is it doing at four?
1: I don't know. We'll talk about it in a second. Heather ranked this in tier two. Tori ranked Emperor's New Groove as 36th, I ranked it as 52nd, and Heather ranked this
0: in her tier 2.
2: Those will stay there for me. Now you can ask your question.
0: Like, above Finding Nemo? Above Monsters Inc. Yeah. Okay,
1: it's definitely not going to stay at 4th. It'll stay in top 15. I don't know what I was thinking. I apologize. (laughs) I don't...
2: I was trying to tell him that it was probably Nostalgia Glasses, but... He was like, he was still kind of wigging out and not listening, so.
0: Nope.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Also, you ranked these two very, very close. How do you think these will change?
0: They'll probably stay around the same spot. Like, my feelings haven't really changed about them.
1: Emperor's New Groove will move down for me. And Cinderella will move down some as well. My pick for this matchup is Cinderella I like the story, it's a classic the music is great throughout Um, the animation is classic and looks a lot like Alice in Wonderland I thought the animation for The Emperor's New Groove was beautiful it just didn't stand out to me in any particular way I thought the music was a little lacking for a chunk of the movie and I can't stand the characters in The Emperor's New Groove so Cinderella wins
0: for me I'm torn because Cinderella's story is told more succinctly. With the exception of the cat and mice stuff, uh huh. Everything else is really good. But the Emperor's New Groove doesn't have that extra baggage. Yeah. However, Cusco's a dick that doesn't really redeem himself that well. Yes, in the end he yeah. doesn't build he doesn't tear down Pacha's village to build his summer home but it's kind of a hard pivot into that it's like if it would have done i feel like more to do that if it would have done more to show his growth
1: he still makes an excuse for why he's not going to build his summer home it's not a genuine reason it's oh the sun isn't bright enough there so i'm not going to when really you know what's going on but it's still
2: yeah no he tries to play it off that's the thing like he's he we know he's doing it for pacha but he's trying to still like look cool i guess because he's young and still pompous as fuck and he's still
0: the emperor he doesn't want to look he he doesn't want to show favoritism i guess i guess yeah the music is better in cinderella uh the the singing gets it for me my pick is cinderella
2: Woohoo! Nice.
0: Let's get to our last matchup of this episode. We have Dumbo versus Mulan.
1: Dumbo is about a young elephant with giant ears who is outcast from his elephant family, his elephant circus family, and is accompanied by a mouse who helps him rise to his full potential as
0: a circus clown. Mulan is about a young Chinese maiden who saves China when she infiltrates the Chinese army and attempts to save her father from war.
1: What are your first impressions of these two?
0: When I first saw Dumbo, I hated it. Oh my God, I disliked this movie. I don't hate it anymore. I still don't want to watch it again. Mulan, I liked it a lot. I remember I think the first time I saw Mulan was in middle school, when we were studying China and world history. So we watched (laughs) Mulan to like show how women were treated back
3: then. Okay.
0: And I liked it. Like I watched it again outside of class to, you know, for own research and you know, it's a Disney movie. Why not? And I like it. I liked it a lot.
1: For some reason I watched Dumbo. I've watched it within the last few years. So this wasn't too old for me. I am not a fan. It's very short. It's an hour and six minutes or something like that. It's very short. Mm -hmm, Something like that. I'm still disturbed by the scene where Dumbo drinks beer.
0: (laughs) It's champagne.
1: gets drunk. champagne. champagne. Very watered
2: down champagne.
1: (laughs) I'm still (laughs) thrown by the scene where Dumbo gets drunk. It's not a favorite of mine. Mulan is a favorite of mine. And I love the music. I've. Can't tell you how many times I've sung. I'll make a man Ad, out of you. Is that a workout
2: song? A, yeah, it's on everybody's workout playlist.
1: It, it's definitely been on a workout list yep. before. I'm not sure if it is right now. Uh, let's get into the plot of Dumbo a little bit more.
0: It's pretty simple. We said it's it's an hour long and it's very simple plot. It's I feel like it's a Looney T- It's kind of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Dumbo's brought to by the Stork. To the circus. He has humongous ears and all the other elephants who are the most petty, savage, salty people I've ever seen. Right? He gets made fun of. And he's placed in, like, the freak tent, and his mom goes berserk when the kids try to, you know, pull his tail, and she gets defensive, like, you know, a mother should. They're
2: touching him, A, and they're not supposed to be able to do that in a circus, or really ever.
0: Exactly. So, as punishment, basically, the manager of the circus makes him a clown, and Mm -hmm. after a bad night, Dumbo's down on himself, and a random mouse comes to his defense when the salty elephants start making fun of him and the mouse is no
2: longer an elephant
0: they cast him out because elephants are so fucking proud for some reason (laughs) and the mouse then becomes his hype man and after the infamous champagne drinking scene a bunch of crows say you know you should fly with your ears Mm -hmm. so dumbo learns how to fly and he becomes the star of the circus. Like, he saves yep. the circus. He gets his own, him and his mom get their own private compartment on the mm-hmm. train, and he becomes a star.
1: It's a cute story in theory. It just isn't as cute in video form. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cute idea.
2: It is. The way they tell it and present it makes it seem really slow.
1: Mulan is all about honor. So, Mulan is a young daughter, a daughter of a renowned fighter who's been injured and she's coming of age and needs to prove that she's ready to be married. And she's just not up to the standards of the Chinese people. She's too quirky. She's too quirky. She's, she's got too much of her own personality while this is happening. The Huns attack China and the Chinese army, sends for one male from every family to join the army. They're drafted.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're
1: drafted. They're drafted. And you see several sons taking the place of their fathers. Mulan tries to offer herself up in place of her father, and he shoves her away and says that she brings dishonor to their family.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She doesn't try to offer herself. She just tries to spare him. She says, my father's already given his, his service. Find someone else. And you can't say that to the Chinese army.
3: Yeah. No,
1: they were not about it. Mm -mm. She steals his armor and his sword and horse in the middle of the night and rides off to the army, disguises herself, cuts off her hair, tapes up her boobs. And this tiny dragon ends up going to kind of guide her along the way after he tries to awake the great stone dragon and he breaks the great stone dragon. So he's trying to redeem himself to the gods and she's trying to make a name for herself, for her family, but also save her father from war. And it's really about their journey together. It's not just about the story of Mulan. Mm -hmm.
0: I think Mulan, I was thinking about it. Mulan is kind of like chicken little, whereas she knows her limitations but mm-hmm. she's ingenuitive, like mm-hmm. it's Mulan's thinking. Like in the beginning, Mulan uses her dog to get her chores done. She uses the dog to feed her chickens, which is brilliant.
2: She writes answers on her arms so that she knows what to say. Yeah, in front of the mm-hmm. matchmaker.
0: And it's her. It's Mulan who figures out how to get up the pole and retrieve the arrow using the mm-hmm. weights. Mm-hmm. So she's she's smart,
3: mm-hmm. but. Yeah.
0: People see that as oddity and not as ingenuity and brilliance.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about the characters from Dumbo a little bit. So we talked about how the elder elephants are just gossiping petty cows, Mm -hmm. except they're elephants. But Mm
2: -hmm. they're large, whatever.
1: Yeah. They're just catty and, and terrible to each other and immediately turn on Jumbo. Mrs. Jumbo. We've got this mouse who's just the most helpful, encouraging character you could
2: ever hope for as a sidekick. The better version of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah.
1: Yes. What Jiminy
2: Cricket should have been.
1: We don't get to see many humans in this. Mm
0: -hmm. Outside of the the, uh, clowns and the ringmaster.
1: Outside of the clowns and the ringmaster. We do see black figures but none of them have faces. Yeah,
0: I was asking Heather. Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, are they dark because they're dark-skinned African Americans or is it because yeah. they're working and it's dark outside?" And me and Heather agree and apparently and I think Grace too, it's they're black people working for the Yeah, centers. they're black
1: people. Yeah, they're Yeah. Cuz you have to think of the time that Dumbo uh, came out and stuff yeah, it like came that out
0: like 41
1: 48 uh, Yeah. Is it that early?
0: Yeah, it was. It's number. F- I think it's number five. I do love his ears. They're adorable.
2: They're so cute. They can literally act as blankets. Literally, his mom yes. wrapped him up in his ears to keep him <laughs> warm snaddled. so that they could sleep. That it is was cool. adorable. Yeah. That is cool. I want
0: one. You want a baby elephant.
2: <laughs> I want a baby elephant. That's official.
0: Got it. For those of you keeping score at home, Heather wants a baby elephant. Grace wants a pig.
1: A baby, a baby pig. pig.
0: I don't think I've wanted any animal yet. I think I may have wanted Baymax. I can't remember.
2: Yeah. We'll just give you Hey Hey. It's fine. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about the animation for these two movies real quick. The animation for Dumbo is pretty primitive. Um, but it's also it was made in 1941. Mm-hmm. The animation for Mulan is beautiful. And I remember seeing something a long time ago. Wasn't there some new technology created for crowds? For Mulan.
0: Yes. Yes, I know what you're talking about. They came about. up with a program. Mm-hmm. The Huns, it makes sense because the it... snow yeah. on the, yes. in the mountain scene. They made up. They made up a new program that would duplicate the movements of that army in the snow.
2: Do you think that they used the same thing whenever uh, everybody bowed for uh, Mulan? Probably. Oh, probably because they all kind of like went down in sections and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So. Grace Would that's what know? I thought
0: you were originally talking about. I'm like crowds. I thought you were talking about like all the stuff in the city. That's what I thought you were oh, talking no. about. I completely Oh no. No, cuz I remember
1: the... I remember seeing the video. I think this was honestly something on Disney Channel 17 years ago. Or something mm-hmm. Like that. But it was it was a program created so that they could easily create groups of people that moved together. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. so
2: that they didn't have to be hand drawn
0: speaking of the huns shanyu the the leader of the huns he is actually terrifying absolutely yeah i feel like he is the most capable villain ever
1: oh capable for sure because... yeah absolutely so a lot of our villains are guided by some irrational rage or experience or have been hurt in some way or just greedy. he's got a mission he's got a very specific goal in mind, and he's not going to let anything get in its mm-hmm. way. And there's nothing that's hurt him to get him to this point. He just wants to overcome any challenge that's yes. put in yeah. front of him.
2: He sees the Great Wall of China as a challenge, as yeah. an invitation.
0: Yes. And he was he was winning
1: yep.
2: until yeah.
0: Mulan. Yep. Mulan was the only thing that stopped him. It's, she stopped him at the mountain. She's the reason he loses in the Imperial City. His henchmen, his lieutenants, yeah. uh-huh. they're capable. The mm-hmm. scene where he's he he has the doll and he's like, "What do you smell? What do you what do you sense?" Uh-huh. They're very capable. They're experienced. they're not henchmen.
1: They're trained. Yes, yeah, they have
0: training.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's I I can't think of any uh, villain so far who has capable henchmen who doesn't have some sort of flaw that stops him. He doesn't have a flaw that stopped him. Mm-mm. It's just Mulan was better.
3: Yeah. That's
0: right. really it. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. Mulan, I don't think Shang would have stopped him. Shang was no, like, Shanyu's no. dead. We're done. Let's roll out. Yeah. Mulan was the one was the one who saw him get out of the snow and all of his, mm. you know, his lieutenants emerge. <laughs> they and, popped and, out
2: of the snow. Like daisies! daisies. And if it wasn't for
0: Mulan, China would have been it. That would have been yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Shang was yeah. also super caught up on the death of his father, too. Exactly. And you know? Shan yeah.
0: he beat the actual the A-team. The yeah. A-team was burned to the ground.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then there's Mushu, who is fantastic. <laughs> Mushu is yeah. the prototype sidekick.
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking about our conversation about Edna mo- mode. Yeah. Mushu yeah. might be the only other character I can think of that has as many quotable lines. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember them before watching this, but as they were happening, I kept thinking of all these things that he was about to say next. Yeah. Um, what do you mean, a Just a really fantastic, a really fantastic performance by Eddie Murphy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in his
0: first voice role,
2: swaying from Mushu and going to uh, the Great Stone Dragon. There's actually a theory because. You know how Mushu ends up breaking that statue and then like Uh he pretends to be the Great Stone Dragon with like his big ass head and stuff. Uh There's actually a theory saying that Mulan is the Great Stone Dragon or like has a spirit of the Great Stone Dragon in her because you see her around the Great Stone Dragon a lot before she leaves. So um, for the Reflection song, you know, she's hanging out around the statue. She's sitting
0: on the statue.
2: Yeah. Through yeah. the entire montage of basically her trying to look like a boy and taking her and taking her father's place. You get flashes of the Great Stone Dragon either from the sword or from the statue itself. So mm-hmm. the reason why like one of the reasons why the Great Stone Dragon didn't go with Mulan is because she she already like embodied it.
0: I like that.
3: Oh, hmm. That's neat.
0: Does Dumbo really have any villains? Or no. is it just conflicts and people doubting Man, him. i don't think he has villains he just
1: has evil old hands. lady champagne. elephants they're pretty mean yeah
2: i think the champagne was the villain <laughs> it made him sick
1: <laughs> creepy ass scene
2: literally he the is. song was about pink elephants and they were just pink elephant bubbles and then they changed colors yeah. and i was like no you gotta stick with the theme man it was trippy as fuck though it was great i enjoyed it it was terrifying but it was great
0: something that i kind of noticed about uh Uh, A similarity between the two. Both of these characters are trying to find their place. Dumbo, the people see see him as a freak. And his hype man, Timothy Mouse, is like, there's more to (laughs) you than, you know, than you know. You can be great. Like, he's he's always there the entire time. He never leaves him. Even when they get drunk on champagne, he's there the entire time. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Mulan is an outcast who has Mushu telling her you can do anything you put your mind to.
0: Despite Mushu's motivations being more for himself, he's mm-hmm. still on Mulan's yeah. side. Yeah. Dumbo is actually was actually Walt Disney's favorite movie that came out of his studio. It's also the first Disney animated film and one of the few of them that is set in America.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Go America. And true.
0: Because Disney movies are set, you know, all over the place. Like, most of the movies from the Renaissance aren't set in America. No. Yeah.
1: Still
2: whitewashed as fuck, but not in America.
0: True that. True
2: (laughs) that.
1: Okay, let's look at the rankings for these two. Tori, you ranked Mulan at 18th. I ranked it at 15th, and Heather ranked this in her tier 1 and Tori, you ranked Dumbo as 59th. I ranked it as 37th, and Heather ranked this
0: in Tier 3.
2: That's going to stay for me.
0: Dumbo might go up a little bit, because it's mm-hmm. it's short, it's sweet. I still hate the pink elephant parade scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. The rest of it's yeah, funny. Sure. Other than <laughs> yeah. that,
0: like I forgot about Timothy Q. Mouse and his relationship with Dumbo and the crows. like The people that help Dumbo far outweigh the people that yeah. are Dumbo haters. So it's it's a really good uh, it's a really well told story. It's just short, and it's there's not enough in it to be as short as it is. Yeah, yeah. Quick trivia for Mulan: Mulan Mm -hmm. was the first Disney release of a DVD. It's the first movie released on Disney DVD.
3: Cool,
1: that's neat.
2: And I don't have it. I want it. (laughs) I think Mulan will probably stay
1: somewhere around fifteenth for me, and. Dumbo will probably end up in the 40s for me. It's 37th right now, but it'll probably end up in the 40s. I did like this more. I like it more the more I think about mm-hmm. it. But it's still not It's not something I want to watch a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I could watch Mulan multiple times. In, in a day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could put this on in the background all day and I'd be fine. We okay.
0: were actually cleaning the kitchen while watching Mulan too. That doesn't say anything about <laughs> Mulan too. It's just a funny anecdote.
1: How is Mulan two?
0: You can skip it. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what's your pick?
0: Mulan is my pick. The music is Mulan better. is my pick as well. The characters have more depth to them. Uh-huh. Um, it's a it's a better told story. I think Sean Yu. I love. I think Sean B- Sean Yu is top five in my villains because he's not. He doesn't have. The, char- the charisma of, you know, Scar or Facilier. He
1: also doesn't get as much screen time as a lot of our other no, villains. No, he does
0: yeah. But what he does with his screen time, he is menacing. He's capable. Yeah. And I feel like if it wasn't for Mulan, he would have conquered China. Absolutely. Hashtag Team Huns.
1: Yeah. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just fighting words. Mulan is my pick as well for pretty much the same reasons. I will say that I think I rated Dumbo too high, but it has redeemed itself a little bit. So, it'll move down a little bit, but not too far.
0: Moving on to the next round, we have The Nightmare Before Christmas, 101 Dalmatians, Cinderella, and Mulan. Grace, what you got for Drunken Disney?
1: Drunken Disney. Let's do Mulan. It's so much fun. All right.
2: That's probably going to be the one that everybody watches anyway, so.
1: Exactly. And this this is one that you should watch. Every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Drink rules. Anytime a song starts. Mm Of
2: course.
1: Yeah. Anytime Mushu has a one-liner.
2: Yeah.
1: You could probably stop there and be just fine. (laughs) Anytime Mulan does something against her gender norm. Okay. For our next episode, we have the last episode of the first round. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Finally. Oh, yeah. Uh, our matchups are Finding Nemo versus Brother Bear, The Jungle Book versus Tangled, Brave versus The Fox and the Hound, and The Sword and the Stone versus Toy Story. Are there any of these that you're super looking forward to?
0: I really want to watch Brother Bear again.
1: I've never seen it. Really? I'm excited to see it. Really? Yeah. Is it really good? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's
2: pretty good. It's okay. it's,
0: it's not bad. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: I'm excited to finally see the end of Tangled.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah!
1: You haven't (laughs) seen the end of Tangled?
0: Okay, first drunken Disney I ever did was to Tangled, and I don't remember (laughs) the end. Yeah, because I was so sleepy. (laughs) I do not I to this day I do not remember the end. I've watched Tangled multiple times. I, can't, I just haven't gotten to the I haven't gotten to the end of the movie.
1: I can't decide if I'm sad or proud. You
0: should be proud because it was you making me the drinks, Grace.
1: <laughs> I I gotta say I don't remember this. That's probably also a good Wait, was this was there blue punch involved?
0: No, we'll talk about this off-cast. We'll talk about this off-cast.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see Brother Bear. I've never seen it. And then I'm excited to give Toy Story another go because I didn't like it for the longest time. But I've since fallen in love with Toy Story 3. So I don't think I've ever seen Sword of the Stone either. There's going to be a lot of movies to watch this time around. Yeah.
0: Watch uh, Toy Story and then watch Toy Story 3. Okay yeah that is our episode. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/disney versus and on Twitter at Disney vs. Rate review and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. give us a five star review or mm, let's go seven and a half grapefruit on Google Play Music <laughs> whatever their <laughs> rating system is. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next episode. Bye!
3: Bye!